So God's promises. And last week we talked about hope and just that there's an opportunity. When we put our hope in God, when we put our trust in him, because what is hope? It's really, it's an expectation. It's, there's an expectation of God going to do something in our life. And so when, we, when our ultimate hope comes to, towards him, then all of a sudden things begin to change in our life. But I started thinking, hope is good for only so long. Because here's the thing, I naturally, I'm a very competitive person. I like to win. You know, whenever I was a little kid, I, I would go and we would play these club sports and do these different things. And they were like, they were just to, you know, have fun together, you know, learn to enjoy the game of basketball or we called it in the U.S. soccer. Here it's football. Just enjoy the game. And so they wouldn't keep score, but I would keep score. Why? Because I wanted to win. So after the game, everyone would be like, hey, we're so glad that everyone participated and we're glad that you won together because we were participating. And I would say, no, 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 no. My team had 22. Your team had 16. My team won. So I was not allowed to play in that league anymore after that first year because they quickly realized that Josiah liked to win way too much. But hey, here's the truth. We all like to win, right? I mean, who, who enters a game, whether that's a game of cards, a game of sport, or anything else, and it's like, I really hope I'm defeated. Like, has anyone, has anyone done that? Has anyone's like, maybe, maybe it's really late at night, and you're like ready to go home, and you're like, hey, I really hope I lose this game. But in all honesty, even if you're not competitive, you, in the back of your mind, there's this little bit of hope that maybe I'm going to win. As anyone, as anyone, is that just me? So, okay, is someone else? Okay, good, good. We're, we're on the same page. Hey, it's okay. We can have a little bit of interaction tonight. So we all like to win. But here's the thing about hope. So last week, we, whenever we were talking about hope, if we're not careful, what can actually happen is we can put our hope in God for a someday moment. You know, someday when we go to heaven, Joel, it's going to be great. Someday, when we enter heaven, we're not going to have anything to worry about. So then we're going to win. You know, life's going to be tough right now. So we're going to struggle to make it through. We're going to fight to make it through. But someday, we're going to make it. And that's when we're going to win. So, but that's actually one of the biggest lies I believe that the enemy tells. People that follow Jesus. Did you know that? I want you to turn to someone and say, that's a lie. Because the truth is that Jesus actually said that we can have victory in this life, not just a someday life. And that's what excites me. You know, I had a hope whenever I was in university of becoming a basketball coach. As you can tell by my height, the playing ended very quickly. But... You know, those that can't do, teach. So I thought, hey, maybe I can be a basketball coach. So one time I was coaching these 13-year-old boys. It was, during, it was a tournament during the summertime, and I learned a whole lot about people, and I actually learned a whole lot of, that I probably shouldn't be a basketball coach after coaching these boys. Now, in case you don't know how basketball works, so there's, there's two baskets on each side. There's five people on each team. So... The, the object is to take the ball and put it into the basket. 
If you don't have the ball, if your team does not have the ball, you need to stop the other team. If you have the ball, you want to put the ball in the basket. So we're playing this team. And we're not that great, by the way. So we're playing this team, and they had this special defense going on where we could not, we were not making any baskets. So I called a timeout. You can do that. And I bring my 13-year-old boys over, and I draw up this play. I'm like, okay, I need my little guys over here because sometimes you have little guys. That's why I could play. You, you guys, you're going to move in this area of the, of the court. So in case you're connecting it to football or soccer, that's like the field. You're going to move in this area of the court. And then my big guys, you need to be right near the basket. And you guys move over here like this. So I'm doing this and I'm telling these guys what to do. And I'm like, do you understand? They're like, yes. They lied, but they said yes. So I was like, I promise, guys. I promise. If you just do what I say, it's going to work and we're going to make a basket. And so they get out there. 20, this is like literally 20 seconds later from, yes, I know what to do, to the game starting. And I look, and all of a sudden, Kent is underneath the basket. Now, here's the thing you know to, need to know about Kent. Kent and the table would have a competition on which one was taller. So Kent could not ride the rides at an amusement park or the Ferris wheel without an adult. Kent was the smallest person on the floor. So where should Kent be? He should be over here. Where is Kent? He's over here. And I'm sitting here and I'm asking, and I just can't help myself. Kent, what are you doing? Revelation hit Kent. He looked at the basket. He looked at his feet. And then he looked at me. I don't know. How many times in our life do we leave a church meeting or we spend time with God and there's hope of his promises? There's hope of what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, we look up and we're asking, hey, what's going on in your life? And you look down and you're like, I don't know. Has anyone else ever experienced that? Where all of a sudden you leave this place or you leave a different place where you had a connection with God and all of a sudden you leave and you're just like, what? I don't know what's happening. You see, God's given us actually a blueprint, a playbook, if you will, to have victory in this life. And so that's what we're going to talk about this evening. It's actually a step further from God's just not here where we can have hope, but actually he wants us to have victory in our lives. So turn with me to 1 John 5. So we're going to look at a couple of passages in the Bible, but this is going to be the main one. So we love the Bible. We believe it's the word of God. We believe it's a collection of writings from a couple thousand years that are put together. And the unity of the Bible is absolutely incredible. 1 John 5. I love this. Verse 4. Are you there? If you're not there, raise your hand. Uh, that's a lot of peer pressure because all of a sudden you're like, oh man, this guy's really checking on if I'm looking at the Bible. So 1 John 5, verse 4. So for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. So let's look at verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. 
Everyone who has been born of God has overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What is it saying right there? It's saying that our faith is proof of the victory we have in Jesus. It's our faith is is proving that we can live a life of victory. According to what this is saying, it says that we have overcome the world. You know, we love, I like watching movies. Who likes to watch movies? The other day we were watching a movie and the main character won. And we, my wife was like, that's a short movie. I was like, no, 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 no. I paused. There's 45 minutes left in the movie. I was like, there's got to be something really difficult about to happen in his life because we need to see a story where someone has victory and overcomes something great. We love, we love to see people win. We love to see people despite all the odds, to have victory. And what it's saying right here is that actually through our faith, we have victory. Isn't that incredible to see? You see, hope, what happens is it produces expectation. Turn to your neighbor and say expectation. So you're expecting something to happen. It's, it's I'm expecting for this event to happen. I know some guys in our church, they're going on a trip tomorrow. They're expecting it to be an incredible trip. And hopefully they'll come back this time. So there's an expectation of something to happen. That's what hope is. But if we, if we let it, then what can actually happen is that our expectation begins to build our faith. And this is where things get interesting. Is faith always produces action. Hope creates expectation. Expectation builds our faith, and faith produces action. You see, it's one thing to hope in God and put our hope there, but it's another thing if we start taking a step with Him. And that's actually that's actually the tension in life. To me, this is the biggest challenge we have in, in walking with Jesus. It's that over here, we have this reality of the struggles of life. And if we listen to the lie that the hope is someday then what that really means is that we're going to just survive this life. I, I don't want to just survive. You know, I don't, I, I want to, I want to win. So over here's the struggles over here. The promises of God, the promises of what he said, putting our hope in him. And where will our actions be? That's the question that we have to ask. Are our actions over here? Oh, life's hard. I'm never going to catch a break. Life's difficult. Man, life is. But the promises say that we can have victory in this life, that we can win in this life. And that's what, that's what I want us to take hold of, is that whenever we begin to stand over here on these promises, the Apostle Paul, he says it best. So in, verses, in 1 Corinthians 15, you don't have to turn there, but you can if you would like. So for 57, he says, thanks be to God who has given us victory through our Lord Jesus. Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always overflowing in the work of God, knowing that in God, your work is not without purpose. What's he saying in this moment? He's saying that, hey, if you stand over here on the promises of God and you take action in this, if you begin to work and partner with what God has for your life, 
then you're going to see victory that's going to happen in your life. It's not just that we're going to make it and survive till one day we get to heaven, but we're going to actually stand on the promises so that we can see our hope become a reality. Because that's what I want to see. I have prayers in my life that I want to see real. So you want to have prayers in your life that are God prayers. You know, this isn't a, hey, this is how you barter to get what you want from God message. This is, hey, we have a chance to partner with what God's doing. And when we stand on his promises, we can overcome the world. So we don't have to live where the struggles are our reality. Are there struggles? Absolutely. But take heart because Jesus has already overcome the world. And so we can live in those promises. You know, there's this article I recently read. And this journalist, what she did, she actually interviewed something like 100 millionaires. So, and these people, they weren't, they didn't inherit money. They didn't receive money. But they actually made the money themselves from, from, from nothing. They, they became millionaires, sometimes multimillionaires. And she studied, like, what, what made them successful? What made them so unique? You know, by the world standards, they're the ones that have had victory in life because the world always creates money to success. So these are the people that are winning in life. What, what was the secret? What the journalist found out is no matter, there's all these different reasons. A number of them went bankrupt on, uh, multiple times and they tried these different things. They were in different areas of business. But they, she said there was this one thing that was in common. All of them, 100% found that whenever they made a decision, they committed to that decision. When they made the decision, they committed to that decision. What was, what, was the, what was the secret to success for these guys and girls? They said, hey, we have a hope that this business is going to happen. I'm expecting something incredible to happen, and I'm willing to take action Regardless of if it's maybe not a good decision, I'm going to take action and stand and be com confident in what my hope was. I'm going to be confident in it, and I'm going to see my business succeed. That was the one thing. It didn't matter across every area of business. Nothing else was similar except the one thing. Whenever they found a hope, they took action. Let's take action. You know, there's a story in the Bible. Mark 10. I was reading this story today. I read it earlier this week. So it's the last part of Mark, and I, or it's the last part of Mark 10. And what I love about this story is it actually gives us a snapshot of, of someone taking action on their faith. So it's the story of this blind guy. His name's Bartimaeus. Turn to your neighbor and say, Bartimaeus. Now, so Jesus at this point, he's a pretty popular guy. People know him. There's always a crowd everywhere he goes. And so he's, he's coming through the city of Jericho. Now, here's what you need to know about Jericho. It was kind of like the mountain resort town for Jerusalem during that time. So it wasn't too far away. The road wasn't easy to get there, but it was okay. And so a lot of Jerusalem elites and a lot of Jerusalem wealthy people, they would come there. So that actually also meant that a lot of the religious people and religious authority people, they would actually be well aware and they would spend a lot of time in Jericho. And so 
Jesus comes through, and he come, and as he's leaving, this blind man named Bartimaeus shows up, and he's sitting right outside the city gates. Now, here's what here's what you need to know about someone that was that was blind. Is during that time there was a theology, a belief that if if that person was blind, then the question was who sinned, his parents or him, that God cursed him with blindness. So the, all those religious people, they would have looked down on him his whole life. All the Pharisees, all, they would have looked down on him because they believed God cursed him. Everyone that walked past him would think God had cursed him, either his family or him. God had cursed him. But all of a sudden, Bartimaeus hears that Jesus is coming. And whenever Jesus starts walking through, he begins to make a loud noise, just crying out for Jesus. What was happening in that moment? All of a sudden, there was hope rising in Bartimaeus. And he was taking action on his hope. He was crying out, God, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone's like, Jesus is a religious teacher. You're, you're cursed. You need to go be quiet. You're not worth his time. And the Bible says that Jesus stops the crowd and says, bring him here. Jesus brought him to that place. And listen, listen to what Jesus asked him. This, is, this has to be the most ridiculous question in the Bible. He asked the blind guy, what do you want me to do? Now let's just recap for a moment. This is Jesus. He's healed a couple of people, raised a couple of people from the dead. Pretty much everywhere he goes. And the blind guy has been yelling his name. What do you want me to do? It's kind of like Kent. I don't know. You know, if God asks you that question, what's your response? If God asks you that question, what's your response? Are we like Kent? I don't know. Or are we like what Bartimaeus does? He says, I want to see. Because there's something bigger that was happening in Bartimaeus. He wasn't just saying, I want to see with my eyes. He was saying, I want the shame. I want the rejection. I want the hurt that's been so prevalent that everyone's told me I was cursed by God. I want that to be forgiven and completely changed in a moment. So all of a sudden, he was moving from struggles of life, just surviving, to, hey, I'm not only am I going to hope in God, I'm going to take action on what I believe. I'm going to cry out for God to do something in my life. Who are, who are we? What do you want? That's the question. Listen to Jesus' response. This is incredible. Jesus doesn't say, Okay, since that's what you want to do, this is what I'm going to do. Because I'm the son of God, I am going to heal you. Now, clearly, who, who's the one that's healing Bartimaeus? It's clearly Jesus. But listen, he says, he tells him, go your way because your faith has made you well. Go your way, Bartimaeus, because your faith has made you well. All of a sudden, what was Jesus saying in that moment? He was saying, because you acted on the hope in me, it's going to unlock the power of God in your life. What happens in our lives whenever we begin to unlock the power of God in our lives? Whenever we step out and take action, 
on what he said. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now listen, this is what I love about Bartimaeus. He went his way. Guess which way his way was? Try to say that three times real fast. Guess which way? It says immediately Bartimaeus got up and followed wherever Jesus went. What happened? Bartimaeus said, hey, this man's someone I can put my promises in. I can put hope. But what's more, I'm going to act on it. I'm going to take steps forward. I'm going to move forward. And wherever he's going, I want to be right with him. I want to take actions. So that's the challenge before us. That's my encouragement to you. It's one thing to put our hope in God. But sometimes hope is easy to think about, oh, someday. Someday. Someday this is going to happen. No, it's even easier to say, someday in heaven, it's going to be great and we're going to have victory. But are we going to be like Kent? Or are we going to be like Bartimaeus? No, we're standing right here. What do you want? That's what God's asking us. What do you want? Are we willing to take actions and take steps? You know, as I close, I want, I want to encourage you. What does that look like practically? You know, it's great, Josiah. You're sitting up here. You're talking about hope and taking action on our faith. What does that look like? One of the basic things and the easiest things is just discover God's promises for your life. That sounds so simple. But whenever you begin to discover his promises, you have something to stand on. How do you do that? We have a great thing called the Bible. Just start there. It's like, Josiah, that's not hard. I know. It's just a little step. If we just take a little step, we discover God's promises. Because every day I fight this, I fight this battle every day. This is not, this is not, uh, I'm not immune from this situation of I wake up and I think, God, am I going to live to survive? And the difficulties I have and my hardships, maybe someone's hurt me recently. Am I going to forgive them? Or am I going to just let that sit? Is this where I'm going to survive? Or am I going to say, God, your word says that I can be healed. Your word says that even though I don't see the results yet, that something incredible is going to happen in my country. Even though I haven't seen yet what's happening and even though I haven't seen your promises, I'm going to walk and act like they're, they're real. What promises are in your life that you need to start walking in? Know God's promises. The next thing is take a step. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's something with a relationship. Just take a step. Maybe it's you need healing in your life. Maybe there's hurts. Just take a step. Because Jesus is here saying, what do you want? Jesus isn't trying to hide his promises from you. He's sitting here saying, hey, what is it you want? Because here's the thing about what happened with Bartimaeus. From 
that moment forward, every time Bartimaeus walked into a room, people saw the result of the power of God in someone's life. Every time Bartimaeus walked into a room, the power of God was on display. Every time Bartimaeus was in the room, they were reminded of the greatness of Jesus. And it began with a simple question. Bartimaeus, I see what you need. But what do you want? Will you take action? That's, that's what God is here. He's asking you that tonight. What is it you want? Not a, not a hey, this is for my selfish gain. But it's, I have so much purpose for you. You were placed on this earth for so much purpose. And I want to see that happen in your life. What is it you want? The last thing, and it's very simple, is you matter. You know, what I've found is it's easy to lose hope when you don't think you matter. And you stop taking action when you think you aren't worth anything. you matter. You had a man that was born blind that all of society said was cursed. And God stopped. You can read the story in Mark 10. It starts in 46, verse 46. The crowd had to stop. All of society stopped so that the man that they thought was cursed by God could glorify God. Every person matters. Every person's valuable to him. And whenever we take that step and begin to act like it, you'll be amazed at the victory you have in your life. You'll be amazed at how you win in life. Does that mean life's going to be easy? No. But does that mean that we can have victory in this life? Absolutely. Let's pray.